Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast, and what a crazy week it's been with the news of Nick Saban retiring, Bill Belichick parting ways, and Carroll. It's, as I mentioned on an earlier podcast, when we broke all those things down, I hope you've had a chance to listen to that. And you can listen to all our podcasts by subscribing, liking, and sharing the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But I've said it kind of put this exciting weekend of wildcard weekend in the NFL on the back burner. And that's enough of that. We got to move forward towards that. The wildcard weekend is not necessarily affected. It's definitely not the best quality weekend of the NFL playoffs. But it's beautiful in its own way because you've got six games. And you know the drill, two games on Saturday triple header on Sunday, and then the Monday night game. And you hopefully these matchups are competitive and are fun and enjoyable. And we'll see what will happen in them. I think the quality comes with the the people that are playing next week because the two best teams in the league, at least in the regular season, are not playing this week. So they're going to be playing next week. And the winners this week will advance, and those are going to be the best matchups potentially, or at least the best teams. But let's break down the matchups, and let's going to start with the Saturday slate. Cleveland Browns heading to Houston. And, you know, the Texans are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at this taping, and total is 44-and-a-half. And the Browns are a dangerous team that beat the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens this season. The Browns' defense has driven most of the success, but Joe Flacco went on a four-in-one run down the stretch and threw for more than 300 yards in each of those four victories. That's a positive, but Cleveland's offense has relied entirely on a quarterback who will turn 39 next week. Expect Flacco to carry an offense in the playoffs uh, is a big ask. The Houston Texans' ability to force a few turnovers is one of the keys to the game as I see it. What C.J. Stroud does with his limited supporting cast against Cleveland's premier pass defense is another. The Browns allowed the third fewest receiving yards to wide receivers and the fewest to tight ends. Stroud is already a dangerous man to bet against, but his pass catchers will struggle to create separation in this matchup. Ultimately, the quarterback who plays the cleaner game likely, walk, likely walks away with a win here. Uh, I don't know where to go with it. I mean, this is a, an intriguing matchup. I think the Browns' defense more likely will get it done. The Chiefs and the Dolphins play in Kansas City in what will be nothing short than bitter cold. I mentioned earlier in the week when we did an initial look at the games that the temperature was expected to be 5 to 8 degrees. Now it's sounding like it's going to be negative degrees. Maybe reaching the second coldest game on record. We know that the Ice Bowl, Packers and Cowboys, was the coldest on record, like minus 13. The 1980 championship game in the AFC, Chargers-Bengals, ended up being minus 9 degrees. This might challenge it. Whether it does or doesn't break the record, it's going to be bitter cold. And this is going to be 
about the Chiefs' defense and can the Dolphins' offense perform in this cold weather? The Chiefs are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 44. If you paid any attention to the NFL this season, you know that Patrick Mahomes' offense is underwhelmed despite that, despite that fact. Mahomes is still the scariest player in the postseason, and his Chiefs have played in each of the past five AFC championship games. Their pedigree in the big games is unrivaled. They'll be a tough out as long as Kansas City's defense continues to play at this high level. Injuries have derailed the Dolphins this season, particularly on defense, where the team could be without as many as seven starters, and particularly the Dolphins will be without their blue-chip edge rush duel, and cornerback Xavier Howard is currently doubtful. That puts the pressure on Tua's offense, which is dealing with his own injury uh, woes. Kyrie Hill and Jalen Waddle are on the injury report. Hill has played through an ankle sprain, but his production has taken a dip. Waddle has missed the past two games. With Miami's pair of speed demons, the team is dangerous even with his injury-ravaged defense. But if Hill and Waddle are limited, the Dolphins have a narrow path to victory in Kansas City. Frigid temperatures with mild winds are expected, which could never negatively uh, impact both teams' passing attacks. And that's the case. I think it's going to be tough for the Dolphins to win this one <clears throat> matchup. But Bills and Steelers are the opening game on Sunday. The Bills are one of the league's hottest teams, winning their past five games and beating the Chiefs, Dallas Cowboys, and Dolphins during that stretch. Josh Allen is one of the few quarterbacks in the league who can carry an offense. Turnovers can be a problem for Allen, but he gives the Buffalo offense an enormous ceiling. James Cook, <clears throat> running back, has been a solid matchup here, but Pittsburgh has allowed the 10th most rushing yards to running backs. The Steelers have an uphill battle on multiple fronts in this contest. They're 3-0 with Mason Rudolph as its starter, but the Steelers only scored 17 points in a must-win game, must game against the Ravens' back, uh, backups last week. Expect the Steelers to continue to lean on their running back duel, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, for as long as they can. If Rudolph struggles early, it wouldn't be a surprise if Kenny Pickett is brought in on relief duty. The biggest issue for Pittsburgh is that it'll be without T.J. Watt, uh, arguably the best defensive player in the league. Last season, the Steelers were a much different team while Watt was sidelined. His absence gives Pittsburgh an even narrower path to victory in Buffalo. Weather is an X factor for this contest. A significant win would greatly impact both offenses. Right now, 25-mile-per-hour sustained winds are in the forecast, which is um, the area where wind can be a factor. In 2021, we saw a severe wind game in Buffalo against the Patriots, where neither side had much success through the air. The Patriots threw three passes in this matchup. If this game has severe win, it could benefit Pittsburgh, given its run game and how it will reduce what Allen can do through the air. So keep an eye out on that. Definitely look for the under in this matchup. Still like the Bills, they're the better team. But again, it gives the Steelers more of a chance if the win is, for Pittsburgh if the win is up. The Cowboys and Packers are the sandwich game on Sunday. Um, Cowboys are seven and a half point favorite. The total is 15 and a half. Dak Prescott had an MVP caliber season, but the Cowboys offense has become one dimensional and relying on CD Lamb. The Green Bay Packers defense has enough talent to be a problem for Dallas, but the unit rarely plays to its potential. The Packers defense allowed the 
11th most rushing yards to running backs. Tony Pollard had a disappointing season for Dallas, but that would all be forgotten with a big game against Green Bay. Jordan Love finished his first season as a starting quarterback with the second most touchdown passes in the league. However, Love's 32 passing touchdowns would have been fourth best last season and 10th most of the year before. Regardless, he's had an encouraging season and he brings more ceiling to Green Bay's offense than most would have expected. Aaron Jones missed six games but ran for more than 100 yards in each of Green Bay's last three games. The Packers are a young, inconsistent team, but if they play their best game, they could give Dallas a scare. Got to get the running game going. Cowboys are the better team. I think they take care of business here. The last game on Sunday, the Sunday night game, is the Rams going to Detroit. The Lions are a three-point favorite. The total is 51-and-a-half. Sunday night football is a great game, and I think maybe the best matchup of the weekend. We'll see if it plays out that way. Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, each face a team that drafted him. The Lions have one of the league's most well-rounded offenses. They have a top-10 offensive line, one of the league's best running back duels, and a highly capable passing attack. They're also well-coached. Offensive coordinator Ben Johnson will be a coveted head coaching candidate this offseason. The Rams are only a league-average defense, but this unit has overachieved given the limitations of its roster. As long as Detroit can keep Goff clean, which it should be able to do, the Lions offense has a big ceiling in this matchup. Rookie standout Sam Laporta will miss the contest after suffering a season-ending knee injury in the regular season finale. After the Rams' Week 10 bye, they went 7-1. and one. The lone loss came to the Ravens during an overtime shootout in Baltimore. Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the league, and Stafford is a Hall of Fame quarterback. The Los Angeles won the Super Bowl two years ago. The team has lost significant talent on defense since then, but you could argue that its offense is better now than it was then. The Lions have been excellent against the run this season, but their pass defense has been disastrous down the stretch. As an example, Detroit played Minnesota twice over the last three weeks, giving up 807 passing yards to Nick Mullins. Um, I'm kidding. Not that much. They gave up loads of passing yards to Nick Mullins. Um, You know, 807 yards, and I believe it was uh, maybe a couple more, twice in two games, 400-plus yards. That's ridiculously high. The Rams could absolutely cause problems for the Lions. And if I was going to look for an upset, this would be one. They have the type of passing game that could cause problems and beat Detroit. It would be horrific in a football sense if the Lions were to lose this game. Such promise this season. They're at home. Obviously, the disappointment of losing that game to Dallas where they Look, let's call it what it is. Should have won it, kind of taken away from them. Losing that and not getting the number two seed, having to play the Rams, and then having to play Matthew Stafford coming back home, and this is a matchup against their defense that is not a good one. The Lions better have the running game going or they could get upset here. And then Monday night, the most unimpressive matchup of the weekend, and it could be a great game. I hope it is. For the Monday night audience, I'll be watching as I will be watching all of these. The Bucks are three-point underdogs. The total is 44. But these two teams just have not impressed me. This matchup has maybe a shootout potential because both teams finished the year with 
bottom four pass defenses. Additionally, both offensive lines can realistically mitigate the opponent's pass rush. Ultimately, this game will ball down to how well Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield play. Quarterback position is important. I think it's going to be pivotal in this game. The Eagles beat the Bucs 25-11 back in week three, but Philadelphia is free fall, losing five of its last six games. The Eagles have been inconsistent in every aspect during that stretch. They still have one of the league's most talented offenses, but they should be viewed as a volatile, underachieving group entering this matchup. The Bucs won five of their last six games, which was enough to win the league's worst division. The best wins Tampa Bay had all year came against the Saints, the Packers, the Jags. Mayfield played some of the best football of his career down the stretch. If the Bucs are going to win this contest, Mayfield has to shred Philadelphia's liability of a secondary. Tampa Bay has the raw materials to walk away with a win, but this contest primarily uh, concerns which version of the Eagles show up. They're the more talented team. I don't think they can fix it all, but they should be able to win this game on the road. And I say should, but they don't have a whole lot here. There's not a whole lot that I like about this Eagles teams going into this game, but I say the same for the Bucs. Folks, that's a look at some of the games. You want more detailed breakdowns of these games? Head on over to LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the holiday savings special that we've got. Um, it'll take you through not only the breakdowns of this game, but all the latest news, notes, information, and analysis on the coaching and scouting front. Um, from a plain coaching, scouting, and front office perspective, we break down the NFL game, the college game, players, teams, coaches, schemes. We've got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the games, and we'll be here to break it down for you on the Landry Football Podcast Network and LandryFootball.com.